Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shops, the Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. On Saturday, the Rafah crossing between Egypt and Gaza opened for the first time to allow a small convoy of aid trucks to pass through. With Gaza on the brink of a humanitarian catastrophe, much more is needed. Victoria Derbyshire asked former Israeli Prime Minister Natfali Bennett if more aid would be allowed in. Bennett said that the Israeli government would allow aid, but it was up to the rest of the world to help. He also claimed Israel was not responsible for the humanitarian situation of Gazans, despite controlling the borders and crucial supplies for the region. Will more aid be allowed in? Look, uh, the the world can come and uh, help the Gazans. Uh, that's none of our business. Our business, then, the Israeli government is allowing uh, that sort of aid in. But uh, my approach is humanitarian for humanitarian. It has to be reciprocal. Uh, and we right now have uh, hundreds of uh, Israeli citizens, uh, including five-month-old babies, held hostage. So if we're focused on humanitarian, it has to be reciprocal. And I would tie the two. I mean, uh, if it, you it, want... I, I understand that. But it, it is your business, isn't it? Because you have to clearly demonstrate that your fight is with Hamas and not with the Palestinian people. So what is your question? You said it wasn't your business, the humanitarian situation of Gazans. No, we, we are not responsible for Gaza, just like you're not responsible for France. Uh, if others want to uh, take care of the Gazans, that's theirs to do. They got a full-blown uh, Palestinian Gazan state in uh, 2005. But you, we handed you... over the entire... Hold on. We handed over the entire uh, area. We pulled out our soldiers. We, we uh, expelled the Jews living in Gaza and gave it to, actually to Mahmoud Abbas. And there was no siege or anything. The problem is that from days after that, they started shooting rockets at us. But and you do uh, control the problem. borders. You do control the borders. And so cutting off water, food, fuel affects all Gazans, not just Hamas. Let me be clear now. We have an ISIS state next to us, okay? And, you know, this ISIS state, uh, we are experienced in terror. Yes, we were surprised, but we will win. But the West is next. Um, you know, if, if you think that it's not going to hit London, you're mistaken. It will. Radical Islam terror will hit everywhere. Derbyshire also asked Immigration Minister Robert Jenrick if the Israelis had given any guarantees that they would restore water or fuel to the region. Jenrick avoided the question, but claimed Israel doesn't want to see innocent Palestinians suffer. Derbyshire pointed out that the lack of water affects all Palestinians, not just Hamas. Jenrick admitted much more aid is needed. Rishi Sunak, again writing in this newspaper, says we need to see all water supplies to Gaza restored where physically possible. Have, you, have the Israelis given you any guarantee that that is going to happen? Uh, we have been raising with Israel and indeed with, with Egypt... Well, Israel doesn't want to see innocent Palestinians suffer. Their war is with Hamas, which is but, but, but a murderous off the terrorist Sure, but regime. turning off the water affects all Palestinian people, not just Hamas. Well, as I say, the good news is that the first aid has now got through. No, and, I know that. And I'm we've contributed you. to that by raising it at the very highest levels. We want to see much more than that, because that's just a welcome first step, and we're okay. coordinating very closely with the United Nations. One issue is to ensure that Hamas don't divert any of the 
um, the supplies that are provided, particularly uh, energy supplies, for their own activities, and that what does go into Gaza exclusively goes to support the innocent civilian population. Derbyshire asked if the government should set up a scheme to allow people wanting to flee the conflict to come to the UK, as they have done for Ukrainians. Jenrick said that the first step was to try to get British nationals out of Gaza. He claimed that the UK shouldn't use migration as its first response to conflicts or humanitarian disasters, but rather use its diplomatic heft and international aid budget to support people. Should Britain accept refugees from Israel and Gaza, like we did Ukrainians, uh, if they want to come here? Well, I think that for the reasons you've just described, that's a bit premature. The first step... Why? Because at the moment we're still working with Egypt and others to get British nationals out of Gaza and we're trying to get aid into sure. Gaza. So that, that's, that's that what we happens, have to do And if we're first. in the position whereby Gazans or Israelis want to flee and want safe haven in the UK, would you set up a scheme similar to the one the UK did for Ukrainian people? Well, I don't think that the first step that the UK should do when there is a conflict or a humanitarian disaster around the world is to reach for migration as the solution. I wasn't the, suggesting it would be the first step. The, the, the best thing that the UK can do in these situations is to use our diplomatic heft and to use our very generous and significant international development aid budget to support people in places like Gaza. And that is what the UK intends to do. We're coordinating closely with the UN and looking to see whether there are more things that we could do on the humanitarian front okay. in the coming days. That's our priority at the moment. Palestinian politician Hanan Ashwari took issue with Derbyshire, asking her to acknowledge the brutality of the Hamas attacks. She claimed that Israel had been doing the same to Palestinians for decades and that no one ever asked Israeli officials to condemn their own actions. She did agree, however, that civilians are never legitimate targets. I wonder if you, you do have to acknowledge the barbarity, the brutality of the attack on Israelis in southern Israel by Hamas before, before this can move forwards. Oh, God. I mean, I can't believe I'm hearing the same thing over and over again. This is a preoccupation with the Western media because something happened to Israel for the first time in its history. Everybody's up in arms and its victims have to uh, condemn themselves. Israel has been doing this to us for decades. Piecemeal, day in, day out, people killed, homes demolished. Huh? And, and we're telling you how many Palestinians have been killed by a brutal Israeli occupation. Total siege in Gaza, total destruction and land theft in the West Bank. Nobody brings Hamas spokespeople, uh, Israeli spokespeople and say, do you condemn this? Isn't this brutal? Isn't this genocide? Isn't this? No. But the moment... People under siege, look at Gaza. It's an area where people haven't had a day of normal life. Huh? And, and then when they lash out, when they break out, immediately all sorts of horrific labels are used. Were the Israeli grab. citizens that, legitimate the targets? Is using, as I said, this largely. I just want to be clear, are you saying that the Israeli citizens were legitimate targets? No, I don't believe in civilians being legitimate targets at all, at all. In the same way as we are not legitimate targets of Israel, our homes, our lands are not at its disposal. Our freedom, our rights have been denied. No, they don't put words in my mouth. Okay. Ne never. Civilians are never legitimate targets. But what I'm talking about is the double standard. Okay. Israel is an occupying power. 
this has to be acknowledged. Israel has been torturing the Palestinians since 1947. It is time this stops. Keir Starmer caused some outrage when he had appeared to suggest Israel had the right to withhold water from Gaza. Some Muslim councillors in the Labour Party have resigned and the Labour Muslim Network asked for an apology. Lisa Nandy told Derbyshire that Starmer had since clarified he only meant Israel had the right to defend itself and Labour's position was that international law must be upheld. However, she would not answer when Derbyshire asked her directly whether Israel had indeed broken international law by cutting off water. Can I ask you about what Keir Starmer said on the 11th of October? He was asked on LBC if an Israeli siege was appropriate, including cutting off power, cutting off water. And he replied, I think Israel does have that right. Why did he say that? He, he's clarified that this week, that he was answering the previous question and then went on to talk about the importance of international law. I was with Keir on the 7th of October when we held a vigil at Labour Party conference uh, in support of Israeli civilians uh, and what had happened with the horrendous Hamas attack. He made the point at that vigil that international law must be respected and upheld and he's made it many, many times sure. since. I mean, the, pro the problem is it took him nine days to issue the clarification you've just referenced. And in that time, a number of people in Britain's Muslim community have expressed anger at what he said and at the position of the Labour Party. Various Muslim councillors have resigned. The Labour Muslim Network has asked for an apology. Will they get one? Well, we, we've, we can't apologise for holding a position that we've never held. Keir has been clear and consistent on this, as but has he, he wasn't David clear Lally, on that and day. as have I. He, he wasn't clear on that day with LBC, though, was he? Well, that's, that's, why, that's why he clarified when he was asked about it, to make sure that people hear loud and clear from us and it took that nine international days. law must be upheld. Look, Keir and I met with aid agencies this week to talk about the unfolding crisis, the emergency on the ground. I, I can tell you that we are acutely aware of what is happening in Gaza at the moment and the urgent need to get help to people. We're acutely aware that for Palestinians in Gaza, this didn't start on the 7th of October, that they have been in crisis for over a decade and a half with very little prospect of peace. OK. And do you understand why some Muslim Labour supporters have felt alienated by what he said? I, I completely understand why people in the Muslim community are in extraordinary amounts of pain right now and heard those words and felt very concerned. And I'm glad that we've clarified that. I'm glad that we've been consistent about that. Keir, David Lammy and myself and continue to be consistent about that. And I'm glad to be able to make that point on your programme, okay. Victoria, because people are, people are very frightened about what's happening to their relatives at the moment. They're very, very worried about what's happening on the streets of Britain as well and for their own personal safety. And it was important for me to be able to go to Friday prayers and express my solidarity with the Muslim community to hear that pain and to assure them that we are doing everything that we can, even from the position of opposition. Right, we well, have influence and we're doing everything that we can to try and resolve this. Finally, the Tories suffered another two by-election defeats this week, with Mid-Bedfordshire won by Labour for the first time in its century-long history as a seat. Robert Jenrick told Trevor Phillips that the biggest problem was Conservative voters staying at home and claimed that the government was making progress and would continue to deliver for the public. Phillips pointed out that the Conservatives were failing in three of their five main pledges and only making marginal progress in the others. 
Jenrick defended their results, saying the reduction in boat crossings showed their plan was beginning to work. We have to motivate people to vote Conservative, and the key there is right. actually delivering for the public in my area, which is immigration. We are working round the clock to Let reduce me... the amount of illegal migration, and, and our plan is beginning to work. Well, we have seen a substantial reduction in the number of small boat no. crossings this year versus last year. I don't ah, pretend yes. that that is uh, well, enough, but it, it does show yeah, it, that the plan that we put in place a year ago is beginning to work. You take me exactly to the point um, that, that I want to come to. As we were reflecting just before we started this, it's a year since the Prime Minister... Uh, became Prime Minister, launched his five pledges. And uh, let's, let's remind ourselves of those five pledges, or what he'd said about them. He said, I fully expect you to hold my government uh, to, and I to account on delivering these goals. So let, let's do a bit of that. Here are the five pledges. How, inflation, economy, debt, blah, blah, blah. Here's how you're doing. There's an awful lot of red on that chart. I'm not going to tax you about the things that you're failing on, mm. inflation. I want to talk about the thing that you just said that you're succeeding on. 26,116 uh, on a small boat. That place does not say stop 10% of small boat. It says stop small boat. Mm. You're not doing very well, really, are you? Well, I'm not pretending that we have succeeded, this is job done. I'm saying that our plan is beginning to work. Well, you're a year on and you've, you, well, well, let me you've give, only done 10% of it. Well, it's, it's a lot more than, than 10% with, with all due respect. Actually, we're, we're around a quarter reduction now in small okay. boats versus last year. And if you compare that to Italy and much of uh, Europe, small boat arrivals were up by 100%. If you look at the number of Albanians coming illegally mm. to the UK, down by 90%. If you look at the number of people uh, who are being returned who shouldn't have come here, up okay. 75%. The number of raids on illegal workers, up 50%. The backlog in asylum cases is now falling rapidly. When I became but, uh, minister, right. we, the Home Office were making 400 asylum decisions a week. But last... We're now making 4,500 asylum decisions last... a week. So uh, on this area, we are delivering. There's right. clearly a long way to go. Okay. And much will depend on the Supreme Court's judgment with respect to our rewards. Wanda policy uh, due in the coming months, but we are making progress and we're going to continue to deliver for the public. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Joe Bidell Brill. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. Mm -hmm.